Sadeh. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 128 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and we return after, I guess, like a week, uh, weeks break because there was nothing to talk about last week. So we decided, you know what, like, just, just take a break. Well, specifically, there were Apple rumors to talk about. And, and if we, if we have a, I have a text edit document somewhere on this computer of bottom of the barrel. And if we're going to rank things, we have Apple switching processors and then right above it, an, ex- an ex- exquisitely detailed synopsis of the Love Live lore universe. And then above it is Sadik talking about nothing but Assassin's Creed real world story beats for an hour and a half. I, I, I don't even I can do that because I've forgotten most of it. So uh, that's probably not not doable anymore well hopefully if ubisoft's 15 15 studios will help you remember uh, you, you this year. Would just, let's okay <laughs> let's let's talk about ex, like excessive marketing nonsense uh so let's start with uh intel announced uh i guess uh new new generation of desktop cpus and they're hot garbage as in they're hot okay let's let's let me let me like Sir, like the, I said that opinion straight away, but like the opinion is coming from the fact that these are like, first of all, these are still 14 nanometers. Uh, they are only a slight improvement over the last generation. Thirdly, they're just like, they just like upped the core speed and guess, guess what guys? We have a new socket. We have a fucking new socket for this fucking series that's like extremely underwhelming. And I'm like, it's 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 not good. This this is this is just shit. Like this compared to the AMD's like like seven nanometer Zen two is like who the fuck is buying these? Like unless you're upgrading from like from like a five year old Intel CPU, like what are you even? We we have to use upgrade in air quotes here because since it's a new socket, you're not. This isn't really an upgrade chip. This is a, I'm going to buy a new motherboard and some... If you're building a new PC, like if you're building a new PC, okay, like let me, let me just phrase it this way. Like if you're building a new PC right now, first of all, the not a great time probably to build a new PC is shipping parts is going to probably take forever. But secondly, you just, just, just go AMD and save some money. Like unless you literally have want to set some money on fire why would you buy one of these uh uh intel uh 10 900 like i9s it's like why would you do that like it's not it's not going to give you any like real benefits in in video games even if you're like a hashtag pro gamer like it's it's it'll make so like if we if we actually look at the the technical makeup what's in the ships right so what they're doing is they're keeping similar ish price points to the current gen but prices on the i7s right like is that what's happening yeah but they're also increasing core count across the board right so this is sort of to combat the moves rise it has made so they're increasing core count you're also getting higher clock um turbo boost on single cores and of course this is also thermal based right so there some of their chips are implementing the thermal velocity boost which is similar ish to how smt works on the amd side right which basically means the cooler the chip goes the higher the clock speed can keep at- right right that's that's and the thing is this is not even pcie express 4 like this like this chipset or whatever yeah these chipsets only support um pci express gen 3 there's no gen 4 support which is like if you're buying a motherboard with a new socket like you at least want the latest and greatest like pcie express 4 stuff like it's what is the point of this like this is literally here to just exist like what is like intel doing like i i don't who is this for is this for like the people who 
who wanna buy a new PC but haven't like bought a, like they wanna upgrade from like. Well, I think the issue, the reason, like the reason this exists, right, is that ten nanometer just isn't ready for the desktop yet, or seven nanometer. They don't that process node isn't ready. Like if you look at laptops right now, right, there's that weird split we talked about the other day, right? There's that weird split where some laptops are shipping with ten nanometer parts that have a far improved gpu and then some of the current gen are still 14 nanometer parts but those have a far weaker gpu right the macbook air is a good example of like that sort of weird split that's going on right now and and i feel like this is a stopgap chip that honestly like this compared to current gen ryzen a ryzen 7 ryzen 7 let's compare it so there's a comparison in the article article uh with the i7 10700k to uh amd ryzen 7 3700x and both of those uh, both of these are eight core 16 threads right and the ryzen 7 is just faster like it's it's and it's cheaper by like uh, not a lot by a lot but it is cheaper uh like it's there is basically no solid reason to recommend these right like to anybody other than other than you're like hardcore intel for some reason i don't know why you would be hardcore intel but like yeah like the only the only benefit to this specific chip over horizon is if you play games that are older and have not do not do well with multi-core architectures right because AMD still, you still get lower single core performance, right? I mean, I I don't know if that's true. I I don't think that's. I mean, that's not as true as it used to be. I think that's just well, this the is for meme older now. games, right? I newer games, I mean, newer yeah, games, newer games are more a, It's sort of like a meme now because it's like, yeah, new. If you're playing newer games, you're like, if you're if you're playing that hot new, uh, uh what is it? Uh, if you're playing like Valorant or some nonsense, it's like. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna benefit from an Intel high higher clock speed. It's like you are probably gonna benefit uh more from having more threads and cores. Like it's I I'm And just, also if you do literally anything else on your computer, right? AMD is still going to be a more better uh, or a AMD the AMD's Ryzen chips are gonna be a better option just because like Blender works better with multi Better workflows and it's slightly cheaper too. Like these these Ryzen seven chips is like, and and I, I guess if you go lower, the Ryzen chips are probably even cheaper. Like it's like you saving money, you're getting probably overall better performance, and probably these. I don't know about the thermals, but like I would, I don't imagine these these ones, these Intel ones are running pretty hot. Uh, so like I. I this this is just this is just Intel doing a thing just because they have to like is that what this is? It's like they don't have anything else to do, so they say, like, "All right, we I guess we'll just do a small a small smack bomb update to our uh, processors because we don't have our uh, what is it seven nanometer? What is it like ten nanometer process? Ten ten or seven nanometer? They're both working on both of those to try and get those ready. Yeah, and I think we. I think we also just stress how important not having PCI uh, Express Gen 4 is. Because right now, obviously, there are no graphics cards that really take advantage of Gen 4. But but if you're going to buy like a Core i7, right? if you're going to buy a Core i9, this is a PC that in theory should last you 10 years. And give a decade from now, having a PCI Gen 4 SSD and a graphics card that benefits from having that more bandwidth and faster bandwidth, that is far more beneficial than being stuck at Gen 3 speeds. It's not future-proofed at all. Like this, like there's like, it's not a good purchase because of that as well. Like it's you, you, you were, you'll be like when the PCI Express 4 stuff becomes more, more common and then you're like oh wait i have i have a socket i have, I have a chipset that doesn't 
support it. So I'm I'm fucked, I guess. So it's like it's not it's not it's not a good one, and it's not a good place to upgrade. This is, I think, literally like even if you are upgrade, like if you are like on like a like a I don't know like a Haswell at this point, like a four forty forty seven hundred k or something, right? You know, like you're like a forty seven seventy. Like if you are on that kind of process, it just consider an amd build like just if you're gonna be because you already have to buy a new motherboard right like that, that's where they fucked up he says you already have to buy a new motherboard buy an am4 one and get uh, uh you know, like get, a get, a, get, a, get these get these hot new Ryzen ones like you know intel like don't give intel your money like this is this this is lazy nonsense it's like you shouldn't be giving Intel the money for this shit um it's it's not it's not it's not good uh so this, this that's the intel dunking um uh, there is a game. We're gonna put a link to a uh, uh, gamers Nexus video, which has, I guess, more details on this. Right? Uh, they also have even more dunking on Intel's bad marketing because these names, by the way, are like we we didn't even talk about the names. What is we have like a ten ten ninety X? Is it? Let me see. What is what are these CPU names? Let me go down here and see. So, what's the naming? The naming one is Temperature naming. Where did you put it at, Intel? Come on, let's see here. All right, so here are the names. We have one, the i9-1090, the 10900K, which, not to be confused with the i9-10900X, which is a last-gen processor, no one would ever get confused. And, of course, you have the i9-1090KF. Yeah, what, what does the KF mean? I think that's unlocked. I think the KF is unlocked if I'm looking at this. Yeah, the the K is unlocked and the KF is unlocked. And what's the difference between these two? It is oh, the K has onboard graphics and the KF does not have onboard graphics. Oh yeah, the KF doesn't. Yeah, KF doesn't have onboard graphics, which is what. Also, that's actually another thing. If you buy an AMD CPU with onboard graphics, it is objectively faster and better than Intel onboard graphics. Are they both shit? Yes, but AMD ones are going to be better. All of these are like the Intel UHD graphics six thirty. Which ones? The, the ones that they have the, the K ones have it, and the like the KF ones don't have it, right? Like that's the thing here. The K, that's the difference. And what does unlocked mean, by the way? Is does that mean the overclockable? Like oh, you can, I you see. can, okay, yeah, you, cool, yeah. The K series always the K always meant it was uh, overclockable, uh, and I'm just like. Nah, bro. Like it's this. This is just like, like, sure. Maybe this. Maybe that K can that ten nine hundred K. Fucking horrible name. Can over can like have a single clock boost five point one gigahertz sustained if you have enough cooling at it. But but the only you know what's gonna you know what that like equates to right? Photoshop will open faster and Crisis might run better. But like, it, there's not much real world benefit to having that high of a single core boost when more workflows are being moved to be multi multi threaded. Right, and it's like the Intel is suggesting like one twenty five watt TDP for the K and KF models, right? And that's Intel's TDP specifications, right? And like that's what running these at base clock. And if you want to run these even higher than the base clock, if you're overclocking, you are gonna have to get a better power supply, and also, also probably have to water cool, you know, um, because these these are gonna run hot. Yeah, that's that's the that's the situation in Intel in 2020. Apparently, is that they're releasing uh, a very, 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 very remarkable update to their CPUs for desktops. Uh, so let's talk about uh, some more shady nonsense. Uh, this was the 
uh, news that came out. I think some people may be aware of this. Like, we, I don't think we ever talk about this specific situation, but uh, it's, 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 it's been happening. Uh, it's been ongoing is that I can blocked the uh, controversial sale of the .org registry, like the domain, to a private equity firm. And and basically what happened was that the PIR, the, the people who have the org dom- or registry and run the org domain right now, were going to sell, or was it PIR or was it ISC? I, I suck. I like it. They were going to sell... Okay, so it, yeah, so the, the org domain is run by the Public Interest Registry PIR, which is like a nonprofit subsidiary of another nonprofit called the Internet Society. Uh, they were gonna sell the sell the org registry to uh, to a private equity firm called Ethos Capital for more than one billion dollars. And now, first of all. Just that by itself, like if I just told you that, if you're like, wait a second, these are two nonprofits, right? And the org domain is historically been run by nonprofits, and it is always had a like it has been a reliable registry. And why is this private equity firm suddenly interested in this? And for uh, for a sum of one billion dollars. Uh, which means, by the way, that for the number of org domains that exist, they are valuing each domain, each org domain that exists at a hundred dollars each. Uh, which is, you know, it should tell you something about what they think the value of these domains are. But like, ICANN was like, there, there was this a lot of love flashback. There was a lot of articles. There was a lot of people were like, this is some sketchy shit. The people who run Ethos Capital are like, so there's a conflict of interest and like ICANN is like it was like they're gonna withhold their approval of the of the sale um, and apparently there was a letter from the California Attorney General Xavier uh, Becerra is was that he opposed the uh, so the ICANN is like a California based non uh, nonprofit so it's like California law gives like the Attorney General like authority to ensure like nonprofits like uphold the terms of their articles of incorporation uh so ICANN was like sort of ICANN was basically pressured by the attorney general here which in, in this case is, is is a good thing because i like i was just like the org shouldn't be sold to a fucking a private equity and this is after by the way this there was for a long time uh the org domain registry the contract with ICANN's uh made it so that the there was a price lock on the sale of the, like the, the price couldn't be increased above a certain amount and i can actually remove that limit recently to make it inconsistent it's consistent with the rest of the or the tlds so now then ethos capital is like here we want to buy this now uh and and then everybody was like wait a minute you came in to buy this right after i can like remove the price increase limits like mm, that's that's sketchy and and just as like a a a question for you i guess is that i'm a little a little confused selling domains like there's it's all profit right like there's no intrinsic cost in in the price of a domain right yeah 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 no no you no no you're not you're you're right you're, you're correct yes there is basically no like all you have to do as as the registry is Basically, a few things like you have to run the DNS 
like the org delegation the servers right but that's like fairly cheap though right i mean that's already done that's already that's already done like you don't have to invest more into it if it's stable and working secondly you have to like have the you have to like have like an api that's running for for the domain registrars to interface with that's also already there you have to handle disputes you have to have a process for dealing with udrp which is like the universal like domain like like there's like a like if you have like a domain that you want to take down like uh, for trademark purposes or whatever like that's that process that you have to have to process to handle that like you have to have those things but those are already there so if ethos capital buys this it's just like they are they expect it to raise prices on the org domain and basically it's just pure profit. Like you pure like there is like no other way. It's, it's a racket. It's it's a fucking racket. The org registry generates a lot of revenue for for the internet society, like millions of dollars in extra revenue every year, by the way. Uh, and it's like, I think that there's like just a an ethical argument to be made, right? That that domain acquisition should be just affordable for everyone. Yeah, and it's like like ICANN was also like, does Ethos Capital have the qualifications to manage the registry with over ten million registered domains? Like, and like, yeah, like it's 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 not. And also, like, ICANN's, like, PIR, like, declined to provide, like, the specific ownership interest of the investors in the transaction. Like, so the investors behind Ethos Capital are, like, kind of hidden, right? Because of the way these things work. Uh, and it's... And maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't, uh, put a, a huge part of public infrastructure into the hands of an equity firm. That's just me. That's, that's, yes, that's, that's, I mean, this, that's what I said when the beginning of this topic, what I said is just me saying that it was, these are two nonprofits that have managed the public, the, the org domain for, for a long time. And it's like, there is the only reason to sell it to a private equity firm is somebody's, somebody's trying to make a lot of money here. Like, it's just, they were willing to spend a billion dollars like that. Like they, I mean, you don't want you. Like you're not like uh, either private equity firm is not going to spend a one billion dollars uh, on this thing without the expectation to basically bleed all the profit that they can. Right? Like that's the inter- That's the that's the way these things fucking work. It's like I. That's the financial instrument at work here. Like that's not. Yeah. I'm glad that, like, at least, like, the California Attorney General was not asleep at the wheel, uh, because this could have, uh, this could have gone, uh, way worse than it would Like, I mean, they're probably going to try this again at some point. Uh, I'm sure this is going to happen again because, but right now it's, I mean, it's, they probably cannot do it again because it's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hot. It's, it's not good. It's not, it's, it's, uh, so basically, we should nationalize them. Actually, no, nationalizing be bad piece, and we put it in the hands of the U.S. government. See, that's what's this is what's weird. Is that like they are already sort of in the hands? Of, I mean, it's not really in the hands of the U.S. government, but like, like who do you entrust right with domain registry? Like that's that's such a fundamental service. Like trusting an American institution on it. I don't know if that's like maybe the best play. So so like. So like the dot, the, the, I can manages, mo- I can manages all of the TLDs except this, the country code TLDs, the CC TLDs. Those are managed by the countries themselves. Like for example, uh, for example, the dot CA, uh, the, uh, like the, 
like domain is managed by Sierra, which is like a Canadian organization, and all like I, like every like all the policies and rules are set by Sierra, uh, and ICANN doesn't really have like a say in the management of the CCTLDs, right? But the but the dot com, the dot net, the org, and the rest uh, rest of the all these TLDs, the, all those new TLDs as well, like those are bound by contract to ICANN, which which as I just mentioned, ICANN is is a nonprofit based in California. Uh, so it is bound by US law and compelled uh to follow that. Like so it's like that's that's yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh yeah, that's that's a complicated topic. It's like the what does like this like the what do domain registrars, like what do domains the centralized nature of the DNS uh sort of creates this like power circles uh of like these countries are managing their own tlds which is fine but like these domains that are but like a a huge amount of tlds are just being managed out of california yeah it's like i can is like the biggest power broker in this situation right the cctlds are too small to even matter like especially most of them are not even big enough to really uh Mount any sort of, like it's just like the CCTLDs are doing their own thing over there, and like I can basically controls the rest of it. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 is that is that is a thing. Although we do have some breaking news right now. Um, not since we're dunking on everyone today, not to be not to be left out. We have some breaking Google news where the Pixel 4a has completely leaked, and there are now camera samples uploaded onto XDA developers and it's a video. Um, we have not much to say about it because nothing, not much else has been leaked yet. But good to know, good to know that Pixel phones are still being completely announced months in advance by random. I, I think at this point it's intentional. I think it's intentional at this point, right? You gotta. It's it's. I don't. I just see my thing. My thing about these Pixel leaks is like how how is it always someone in vietnam who's able or russia right because remember the pixel 4 there are hands-on reviews and all of that from like russian and vietnamese youtubers months before it even came out like i i would want i just want a story on how that gets leaked. supply chain hash hash supply chain somewhere i guess um, but then that means that means that Google is manufacturing these months in advance, right? And I understand that usually designs get finalized. Yeah, months in advance sounds about right. Like you don't. But Google wanna... doesn't sell enough Pixel phones to announce so we should do it months in advance. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, but like to get these pro- like get the manufacturing process ramped up, it's like you, well, yeah, months ahead sounds about right. But months ahead, you probably have prototypes. You probably, I mean, you almost definitely have prototypes. You have, you probably have production units running. Like it's like that's it's already happening. So, so there is uh, supply chain leaks are yeah our thing. Uh, somebody sold uh, a pixel to somebody, uh, and it's it's already out there. So, Although what's even more surprising is that Google has been using the same camera sensor in the Pixel phones as the Pixel Three. This Four A has the same camera um, Sony sensor as the Pixel Three, Three A, and Four had. Uh, we'll just let's just wait for for it to come out and uh, for Ron to dunk on it. Uh, yeah, we'll just wait for it to come out and then for it to die in about half an hour of usage because battery life's always been trash on Pixel phones. <laughs> so, so let's 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 try, let's so speak of dunking. Where it's it's time to dunk on the gamers uh, and I guess to dunk on big game studios. Um, yeah, and I should say before we start dunking on the gamers that um, this is an officially recognized freedom as issued in the Republic of Gamers Charter. Uh, 
section 17 clause 69 um that's we are we are in fact allowed to dunk on the gamers yes in fact that is it is it is mandatory to dunk on the gamers um so let's let's start uh, i guess this one is not the gamers but uh i guess we could talk about the gamers in this as well is is there was a major another speaking of leaks by the way uh there was a major uh Major league for the Last of Us Part Two, and by major I mean the whole, the entire story. Uh, like, like literally, someone uploaded gameplay from a developer build that was built in February onto YouTube. Like, it was just a bunch of unfinished gameplay and story cutscenes being uploaded to YouTube, which is the most beautiful kind of leak. That's like the most no fucks given leak. Instead of like you know, normally game leaks are like random 4chan posts that for some reason. 4chan spoilers tend to be pretty true. Like, there's a lot of trash on 4chan, but game leaks on 4chan tend to be pretty all right. But this is just like on YouTube, no fucks given, all the story content uploaded on like a Saturday night. Right. Uh, and we're not going to talk about the actual story content because honestly, I don't, I don't care. Uh, but we're, that's like the first, there was an update on the 1st of May that, uh, Sony gave a statement that, uh, they identified the people who, who were responsible for the leaks. Uh, and they apparently are not affiliated with Naughty Dog or with Sony Interactive Entertainment. Like, so who leaked it that? Like, how did it get, like, who is it? Is it a contractor? Like, that sounds like a. If I had to take a shot in the dark, right? It, this is a final build of the game, right? Or like a developer build from February. So. Someone like normally with how leaks work with game companies, if it's not like an employee who leaks it to the press, then what if their servers got compromised, right? And someone just grabbed the build and then has like a and was able to run it on modded PS5 or PS4. What if what if it was like stored? Okay, because like everybody's working from home. What if like the build was stored on some developer's PC and like somebody connected to the developer likes like what is like okay i can maybe i'll just plug in a usb and copy all these files onto it uh like i i don't know like that sounds actually pretty likely that seems like a pretty simple way to for it to leak actually like you know everybody- or you could always do a good old phishing email right send everyone naughty dog an email see who clicks and then get access to their desktop and grab some files off there before windows like Windows Defender, whatever kicks in. Uh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking even more low tech than that. Like just somebody, some somebody like it's not directly a Naughty Dog or a Sony employee, but like maybe it was like related to a Naughty Dog employee. Like maybe it was on a laptop that got stolen, or like maybe it was uh, on somebody's desktop left unattended, and somebody was like, "Hey, I can I can leak a developer build." Um, but let's let's talk about I guess let's talk about maybe like what would cause Naughty Dog right to to have this kind of culture where people would leak this much of a game because regardless of of these kind of leaks don't happen right where like a leak of the entire back half of a game being put on YouTube like that's a major fuck you that 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 is a statement in of itself that they're taking an entire development build and just throwing a bunch of cutscenes and gameplay on YouTube there's a there's a certain amount of i don't give a fuck for that because normally normally with leaks right if you want to be 
if you want to leak something at your company, you either talk to the press or you do like a random 4chan post, as is common in gaming, or like go to Reset Era, right? You don't just say, no fucks given, let me put this on YouTube, because there likely is identifiable information in the gameplay of that build, right? I imagine there's likely build codes specific to a developer machine or who, who compiled the build, right? Or some other kind of watermark or identifying, right? Because say like the art team likely has access to a different type, kind of build than like the, en- the engine team would, right? With regards to what assets are on screen or with what contents in the game. Likely a developer who's working on, say, core game logic doesn't have access to the cutscenes, right? Because that's not important. Those are pre-rendered cutscenes. Those aren't it's not as if you need to test a the cutscene playing if you're working on optimizing level loading, right? Or streaming for the engine. Right. So it's like who like I'm I'm actually curious the way the way I would be like I don't know I don't think Sony will ever admit uh what exactly happened uh or Naughty Dog, right? Uh like they are not gonna say I think any like more details about this, but this yeah, and like leaking the whole thing is like as you said, like it is somebody who doesn't give a fuck. So it doesn't I don't like it like it not being an employee is not surprising because naughty dog's history right like there's a big jason schreier kotaku expose about how how the how fucked the development of this game has been yeah and like naughty dog has been notorious for uh having bad worker conditions right for the developers and so everybody was like did uh did a developer get really salty and was like fuck this uh, i'm just gonna leak a developer build but also at the same time, like even if a developer is salty, I like don't see them leaking all this hard work out there. Like I, I like I don't see them until like I can I maybe I mean it, who knows to be honest. But like it not being an employee is not surprising to me like uh, at all. But like let's talk about like what does it mean for like a story game, like a story narrative focused title like uh, Last of Us Part Two to to be leaked in this way like what does that change about the game I and mean, how does that change about how we feel about spoilers and what we what spoiler culture means and what does this mean for this game right it's like so i think i have a good example for this actually um i was watching all the leaked builds of kingdom hearts 3 before it came out right and by leaked build i guess i should say the game, so how game distribution works, they obviously, they get gold mastered, right, like a month or two before release, and then they start, they start being written to disc, and then those discs, right, the final packaging gets shipped early to Amazon distribution warehouses, Walmart, right? And basically what happened to Kingdom Hearts 3 is that, like, some dude in the middle of Texas grabbed, grabbed the copy from the Amazon warehouse he worked at, started playing it on a three, on an Xbox One, and then uploading, um, hand cam footage of it to YouTube or other, uh, you know, drop boxes and stuff. Just because if you play a game before street date, like, and the publishers are notified about it, Microsoft will likely break your console. So I watched all that. I knew all the story beats before they even, you know, came out or before the game came out. And for me, does knowing the, the story of a game or ruining the game itself, I would say no, because Kingdom Hearts 2 is a bad game regardless, right? Like, me, me, pl- me watching what the story beats before I played the game did not change the fact that it was a bad game and the story was trash, right? It's not as if I experienced it firsthand after playing, you know, te- 20 hours of gameplay before I got to the good parts, right? I still would have been annoyed at wasting my time. And if we take other, um, other games like where sometimes it's accidental leaks. So let's say Destiny right now. Destiny's having a, a slight leak where, there's 
There's an issue, there's a bug with loading into the tower where you, instead of loading into the regular tower, players are accidentally loading into a new version of the tower that's completely destroyed when they start up the game. Indicating, right, that likely some, that that game, that that, those assets are already in game. So likely it means that the tower is going to get destroyed sometime soon in some sort of seasonal content, right? But does that ruin the story, the gameplay, right? Does it make me not want to play Destiny? Like, no, there's other bad things that make me not want to play the game, right? Right, right. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I, I'm no investment in this. Like, I, if this doesn't, this doesn't like bother me in any way. Like, I am not bothered by this update, by this leak. And because I haven't even seen, like, I know what the leak contents are. You told me the leak contents and I'm like, okay, whatever. Sure. Um, like, it doesn't. Like I'm not even planning on playing this game. Like anytime it's soon, by it comes, like when it comes out, I'm like I'm not like I'm not gonna be buying it. Like it's not, I'm not interested in it that way. So like it's not really affecting me. Well, maybe there's another example. Maybe there's another example that might that might make it a little more interesting. So let's take Final Fantasy VII Remake into consideration, right? So I won't spoil the game for people listening. Um, let's the most I will. It, it's directed by Tetsuya Nomura, so you're getting Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Like that, his name is on this project. It's getting Kingdom Hearts bullshit. You should expect that. That's not a spoiler. That is just how Square Enix works in the year of our Lord 2020. So, with that, this game had a misleading demo, though. The demo that was shipped, right? The that's just a recreation of the first mission from the game. That is kind of how the game opens, but not really, right? They left things out, and they made it seem like it was a direct one-to-one re- retelling of the original story. When you play the game, right, and you load it up, you from the beginning, the opening cutscene is different than what was in the demo, right? And it's nothing that spoils the story. There's different cuts and stuff, right? And if that had leaked, if that had leaked that, oh, this was different, would it have ruined the surprises in the game? I don't think so because Man, without, like, the thing about this is without the context. I think this is the thing. Like without the context of the like the, a story is just not the text. Like you know what I'm trying to say. It's like it's not just like you learn the spo- you learn the twist that means you experienced the twist, right? Like that's not how good narratives work, right? A good narrative is like uh, like all of its parts together, right? Like you have to actually experience it as, like in this case, playing a video game and you experience the narrative through the gameplay and through the sound, through the through the music, you know, like you're missing all of that, basically. Most of, I mean, the cutscene leaks are sort of like uh, problematic, but like it's like you're missing most of the context. Like that's, I don't think that's enough to ruin the experience, right? I, yeah, I, like if we, I guess maybe a game that I've, it's safe for me to spoil is Final Fantasy VI because it's been, it's been really, 30 years old right like i could spoil that at this point and if you get mad at me it's 30 years old the 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 threshold is passed for spoilers on that game so there's a big twist in this game that you the kefka wins right like the he you kill him at the end of the game but he basically wins midway through the game right he gets his god power and destroys the world and that's a twist in the game because the game leads you up to that point to believe that, oh, you've amassed this huge party of characters, right? Like, we're going to go take him down. And then the game's like, no, fuck you. You're all going to die and he's going to win. And then, like, this, the back half of the game is just living in this world of ruin and trying to piece together and at least, like, hopefully try and rebuild. And that's a twist because most JRPGs, right? It's always, it's like a battle anime where, like, you are overpowered and you will beat the bad guy. But this game's like, no, that's not how it's going to work. And knowing that 
is not what makes it good. It's the emotional buildup that makes it good up to that point. Because you have 20 hours of gameplay, right? You have 20 hours of gameplay, 20 hours of story, learning who these characters are, and then you see this guy that the game is presented as a horrible character win. That's what makes it good storytelling. Not the fact that you know that he's going to win. Because it, you could still suspend your disbelief, right, at that point because of how it's presented and how it's written and how the characters interact with each other. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's the ending is not the story, right? Like the end of the story is not the whole story. Like, and it's like that's what I'm trying to say. It's like you getting these leaks that are out of context. It's like it doesn't. You're not getting the full narrative. Like, even if you know what happens in the narrative, that's not the full narrative, especially in a video game, right? Because a video game narrative is dependent on things like your gameplay, your uh like the music as i mentioned you know like that kind of the visual design like those the environmental storytelling right like that kind of stuff is important in a video game narrative and it's like that you're not going to get those through a leak right like you're not going to ha- it's not the experience it's not the, the you're not getting the full narrative experience right uh, like for like for example right like there's uh well not this destiny expansion but the last one right like the dreaming city i'm pretty sure was a kept secret i don't remember bungie talking much about the dreaming city being a thing right and then i saw on the subreddit someone's like oh the tangled shore is not the only location there's this other place you can unlock and the, the fact that i knew that the dreaming city wasn't like a location right it was only slightly new about it it didn't still change. Like when I got, when I beat that mission, I got to it. I'm like, oh shit, there's this huge new play space that you could, there's that there, right? Like knowing that existed didn't make a difference for me. Didn't like ruin the fact that now there's a bunch of other stuff to do and there's other like story be- beats to, to hear and unlock. I, I got to the Dreaming City way after, right? Way after ev- all the Destiny players had already like played it and i was like i already knew of its existence and like i knew about the tangled shore i've seen the clips of it but it didn't like ruin any of the story beats or any of the environmental design and the sound and the missions you know the boss fights like it didn't like ruin any of it like like i I was more like looking forward to it like it's that's that's like the thing it's like it doesn't it's it's not it's not i mean at the end of the day don't be a dick i guess like don't like yeah like don't be a dick and spoil stuff but also understand that when it comes to story writing if the surprise of a twist is is what you define as good story writing that you might have not the that might not be the best idea as to what makes a good story right like you you can't spoil good character development because you always have to see that unfold you can read about it but that's not the same that's not the same as 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 actually uh actually being in the world, experiencing it for yourself, right? Like playing, playing the game, right? Uh, like you, you have to, you have to still, like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't think leak. I don't think like spoilers. I'm not like a huge like. I'm not like like I won't like look at like direct spoilers of a game that I'm planning to play soon. But like, and all the same time, if somebody like mentions it to me and i'm i won't be like too angry. Like it's like okay, whatever. Like it's that I I know that. Bit, but that doesn't mean i know the entire thing and that, that's that's the that's the thing i'm, I'm like it's like it's not the, whole, the the leaks are not the entire narrative experience like i i spoil things routinely for myself like i will watch an anime series and then i will google what's the manga like what's the story beats of the manga like i when i was watching clinat originally right 
Like, I spoiled the fuck out of After Story. I know all the story beats that happened there. And then guess what? I still cried at the end of it because it's still, it was still written well. It's still, it's, it's still, it's still, yeah, it's still, uh, it still has the impact. It's not, it's, it's not like knowing the, what happens that's the impact. It's like all the, the, the emotional stuff in it. Like, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I feel like there's a word for this. Maybe English doesn't have a word for it, but, uh, like it's the, the, the story is just not the text is, is what I keep saying. Uh, so let's talk about more toxic gamers, I guess. Uh, so fuck the gamers coming up. Well, this one was toxic game communities and now it's toxic or toxic game developers. And now it's toxic gamers. So first up, uh, let's talk about the destiny community and, uh, uh, how it's, how it's extremely toxic. Uh, so cheers. This is yeah, it's all you. Yeah. So I guess, um, to, to sort of to sort of explain the context for this one. So destiny on PC has a cheating problem. And it's essentially that the, the, the theory at the very least, because it won't ever be really confirmed, is someone on a subreddit was saying that who works, who helps make some of these cheater tools, were saying that they got a one, someone they know got a ban from a developer, right? Or got a ban on their account from Bungie. And someone accidentally let them know what they look for to ban accounts. And once you know, right, the metrics that are being checked to detect if cheating's happening, you could very easily write a cheat to a circumvent it, right? And say, for example, just this is a basic example. Say that double jumping at this corner of a map is a, is a, f- a flag on an account for the anti for the cheat team at Bungie, right, to detect who's cheating. Then you just write the tool to not do that, and you could make it do something else, right? So you're staying ahead of what the cheat team looks for, and so because of that, there's been a there's been a huge um, an increase in cheaters, especially now that Trials of Osiris has returned. There's been a big use of aimbots and other cheating tools. And there's also these are also tools, right, that are loading items into memory, you know, taking running as kernel exploits or kernel level applications, as we talked about in the last episode, um, with regards to how Valorant does your anti cheat. And, and there's also been a lot of network um, cheating going on. Which actually, but Destiny as a whole has been having a lot of network issues recently, specifically around the move to, um, I forgot the official name, but it's Valve system for masking IPs, right? Without, without, um, ruining the peer to peer, um, aspect of it. I think it's like, it's a bridge that technically shouldn't be interfering with network performance. I don't know. You, you probably know more than I do about how that system works. I, I mean, I don't, but like, it's like the Steam networking system. There's like some, or like, there's like a, it's essentially like acts like a proxy basically to hide your IP. Right, it routes the it, it shows like the Valve IP instead of your actual IP, and that, that IP essentially opens a connection to your IP. So it's like like you know basically like an indirect. It's basically proxying your connection, right? Like that's that's what's happening. Yeah, and then but somehow it's built where it doesn't really harm performance that much. Is what- no, right? It's like it's like like they have data centers close to you, or like they're optimizing it somewhere else. But like. But they're also but the issues, right, that they're now implementing anti-cheat rules. So they're basically saying, yeah, we're taking this seriously. We're now going to um, they're you're not saying exactly what they're going to do on terms of how to detect cheats, because then that would make people be able to write around it. But they're saying that they're not going to ban players who play with cheaters. And I think the best way to explain this is for people who don't play Destiny, maybe play Overwatch, right? Is like, say me and Static are using a dope aimbot and we rank platinum for the season. And you and four of you were with us in the same team the entire time we're playing our ranked matches, right? Because of the fact that you got ranked with us, you are going to get your accounts banned. And maybe that might 
you know, over that might make some folks who didn't who might get their account bans who didn't know that they were playing with cheaters. But I think it's kind of obvious, right? If you keep winning matches, and it's also obvious in the behavior of character models when they're being when they're using an aimbot, right? Right. But but but, but I'm I'm thinking that not everybody is watching the player behavior because like like finding an aimbot is not like. You have to watch the player's POV and like how many people in Destiny are watching the player's POV? Like, is that? But so, but if you're playing with someone who's using an aimbot, right? Like, this is not match made activities, right? This is you have to find someone outside of Destiny, right? And either like a Discord chat, text them, whatever. You have to like socially know them before you play the game with them, right? And then you then have to like be on comms and stuff and talk to them the entire time. If you're not, if you're not in voice chat in a sweaty mode like trials, and you're just doing like text chat, or you're not even communicating with them all, and you keep winning, like I feel like there's some indicators for you as a person to kind of be like this is fishy, like it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I mean that's that's that seems okay. If it's trials and it's like you're you're continuously winning without doing any communications or like pog plays, like. And it's like this one person that's like continuously getting these ridiculous headshots or whatever. Like maybe, yeah, that's, that's suspicious, right? I like, I, that, I mean, at least I would flag, like the energy system would at least flag that. Like I don't think banning people automatically for it is, is maybe not a good idea. Might, might ban some people with the false positive. Like I, I don't know. Um, and I think announcing this policy though also changes the culture a little bit, right? So where now because Bungie says, hey, we're gonna ban everyone, now that'll make players maybe start questioning more, right? And I think that's maybe what they intend, right? They maybe not maybe not to they'll say on the outset, right, they have this strict policy, but what having a strict policy does is now it makes people question it, right? If someone's in that fire team, now they know like, oh shit, my account might be banned. I'm gonna ask this person how are they getting these plays, right? And that sort of brings a conversation that brings more awareness to the fact that you might be playing off a cheater. Uh, maybe maybe people will start watching the player cams, right? Like maybe people will be like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna watch this guy. This guy seems to be getting a lot of kills. I'm gonna watch their uh, player cam because they are they legit or they're like actually like actually like cheating like maybe that's maybe that's what maybe what that's what Bungie wants is that to change the player behavior like that's maybe that's what it is but yeah because also another issue is that since destiny's free to play there's less overhead in making another account to cheat right let's say Bungie bans or say in blizzard's case right let's say jeff brings down his big hammer <laughs> I'm gonna phrase that better. Let's <laughs> say Jeff, <laughs> Jeff bring, you know, fucking roll with it. Jeff brings down his big hammer and bans your account. Well, guess what? You now need to probably get a proxy to change your IP. You also need to buy a new Blizzard account. You need to buy a new Overwatch license, reinstall it, and then then use another cheat tool. And you're out like what, forty bucks, thirty bucks, depending on how much Overwatch costs. Yeah, and then if you keep doing that, eventually Blizzard will actually ban your hardware ID. By the way, uh, which which is harder to do, bypass. Uh, Whereas in Bungie's case, just make a new Steam account, get download Destiny again, you're up and running because it's free to play. And also, Trials is in a uh, you don't have to pay to play Trials, right? Like you don't need to own a season pass or anything. And that's something Bungie said that they're also looking at. Bungie's also they also said that they are considering making Trials a pay feature where either you need either time investment or you need to pay to use. The I mode. mean that's I mean that's I, that's fine by me because it's like. Trials is already like a very hardcore mode already, right? 
Like, so making it like behind a paywall to produce the amount of cheating seems like a reasonable. Yeah, they said they're looking at that, or they'll either put a gameplay restriction, right? Let's say, like, they're like, for example, we might limit trials to people who have only who have played the game for a hundred hours, right? Like, you have to play the game for a hundred, and then you get access to it. Or they can, or like, it's like if if you if you buy it, like if you if it's three D play, like you, there's a level limit. Like, you have to hit a certain like like amount of time played or some level cap to like level requirement to get into trials right uh like you have to actually yeah if they did max level right then that'd probably be the best because you can only hit max level if you pay you can't go to a thousand light i believe or like a thousand and ten light if you if you are a free-to-play player so yeah like something like that would make sense as well but so all of this prelude is to the fact that because of this people are now doxing bungee employees the community manager got docs this week over this. The gamers, please stop. Like this is that's not gonna help anybody. Like, who, what is that gonna achieve? Like, it's not. It's not gonna achieve anything, bro. Like, what? What's the point? What's what's why why are you doxing people? Like, it's like what? Like what? So who's in getting, general doxing anyone never yeah, really gets yeah, a good like, result. Yeah, it's like there's what is the point? Like what what are you hoping to achieve? with this like it's it's just gonna make developers more cagey and unlikely to respond to community because they are they are they don't want to put themselves out there like they they're afraid they're gonna get dumped like that's not the environment you want to foster like it's counterproductive actually like to do this it's because it it, it, it understandably makes developers wary of interacting with the community right and like it's it's just like no, like this is bad behavior. Like full stop. Like this, there's no excuse for it. Uh, like just gamers, just please do not. Like just, just stop. Just think about what you're doing. Like think about it for thirty. Like think about it, take five minutes and think about what you're doing. Like it just like God. It's this is so. This is just absurd. And over like what? Like over what exactly are people docked? Like this is also nothing. Like not not there's like any excuse, but like what is the made up excuse to to dox people? Like what is it? Like, what's the rallying cry? Well, it's like on the spectrum of is doxing okay? The, the the first answer is no. And then the only time we can be like mm, still wrong, but I guess is like if it's like a, a a recognized like Nazi or like a recognized like. That's like whist- that's more like whistleblowing than it is really like okay, I mean yeah, that's that's doxing, but also that's also like See exactly, right? Like in that case we can kind of be like, well, I mean like but but with it comes to a game developer, like no, there's no excuse for actually doxing a game developer, even if even if they were shitty, right? Like even if it's someone who let's say like that um I don't want to name any names. Let's say it was like some other game developer, right? Like, okay, maybe like they're shitty, but still, like, don't don't dox them. Yeah, uh, that's like it's 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 not a good behavior to encourage in any way. Um, while we're on the beat of toxic gamers, I think um, speaking about also another shitty game developer as well, Riot and Valorant's toxicity. This game isn't even out yet, bro, uh, and it's it has one of the most toxic shit uh, I've seen. And it, uh, so there was, uh, a, a, like, I guess a streamer, uh, was, uh, she was. No, it was, well, this is a, re- this, she was a, she's a developer. She works. No, no, the developer was who responded to the streamer, right? The streamer was, like, she streamer, she posted, like, a video of her being in voice comms and people, like, this, this dude just being, like, extremely sexist and, like, 
being creepy and weird and like in voice chat. And, and Valorant is, is a team game. Like you are gonna be in, in, in the, you probably want to be in the voice chat interacting with your team members to be, uh, oh, this is a right employee. Is that what's happening? Is, is, it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's a UX designer. She, she's a UX designer for League of Legends who is, it was a streamer who responded though, saying, you know, how they, what their own experience was. But yeah, the person who that's a video is actually of the UX, um, designer, um, her name she doesn't have her name on her first on her profile so i don't have a name to refer to but um for her it was her v- experience playing the game yeah and, and uh, the twitter account is at evergreen uh evergreen nilly i don't know how you say that but uh like it is that like i like i don't even like i like i haven't even actually watched the video because like i i don't want to hear this but at the same time i know exactly what kind of nonsense this is uh, so, so like, yeah, like this game is barely even out of the door. Like it's, it's not even out and it's like already it's, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like I'm, I'm not surprised. Like Riot, a Riot game has a toxicity problem. Like that's just another day ending in why, because like, uh, League of Legends. It's even, it's even more wild when game designers at the company are saying they don't play in solo queues because of this kind of behavior where it's like, I would assume if you're a producer on the game or a UX designer on these games, you would have some kind of say in being able to build systems that counter this. Like, I would hope that your employer would enable you to to work. Oh, and- I mean, they they don't they're not exactly uh, have a stellar reputation with when it comes to dealing with women. Uh, we we know this, right? Uh, this is this is a fact. Uh, we we keep like we talked about this the last time we talked about Valorant, right? Uh, and it's it's still true. Uh, so it's, it's it's about company culture. It's uh, it's about what what features and what projects get prioritized. It's like there may be people inside uh, Riot who are like you know working trying to solve the toxicity problem, but it's like if you're not gonna get support from management or support from um, like from a funding perspective, like it's, it's not gonna, you're not gonna be able to make much of a difference. Like it's like, that's the thing, right? It's about like a systemic problem at the company, right? Of, of, of this, this sort of behavior being seen as like, I don't know, like it's the norm. Like that's, that's, that's not. Yeah. And I think, I think a good counter to this though is I think we were talking about the last time, uh, me and you were playing, uh, we're playing Forza together or was it Call of Duty is, um, how Microsoft, right, has now filters for voice chat and text-based chat that'll help fight toxicity. I'm going to put a link to a Verge piece on it. And, like, I think it's just... It's it's wild to see, like, the fact that this text exists, right? Like, doing... Filtering voice chat and telling p- players they're being bad. Like, there are existing machine learning models that company like Riots can use, right? There's tech here. There's tech here that can help. There's tech here that can help. And, like... Like, you can theory... It's very easily... It's very easy to 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 implement a system. And I put easy in air quotes because obviously it is dev time. But you're not having to write a model, right, that'll detect if someone being sexist. You could just... Outside of basic word bans, there are now, like, Microsoft, right? They have... They have a model now on Xbox chat that's on by default where if there's an offensive message that their machine learning algorithm detects, they tell you when you open a message, right, that, hey, this might be potentially offensive. And Microsoft could very easily, or I guess Riot in this case, could very easily try and license that and be like, okay, we can apply this real time in voice comms. And if someone's being shitty, 
we'll just go ahead and let them know that, hey, you can't say that, that it goes against our terms of service. And of course, you have a human-based system to review it, right? Like, you'll have, like, a moderation team, which I hope they already have, or, like, you know, in-game GMs, which I hope they already have, that look over this kind of chat, right, in and, and does bans and the such, and it can go to there and it can be an appeal system. But I don't think out of all the times that I want to say machine learning can't solve the problem. I actually think that having a maybe conservative by default machine learning system for filtering voice comms in games is not that bad. Yeah. I mean, at least it will get the low effort nonsense, right? Like it will get the low effort voice nonsense, right? And low effort text uh, harassment, like. If you eliminate the low effort, I guess it's like that's that's like a thing that you can do. It's like it's not going to solve the problem entirely. Obviously, I mean that people are going to be toxic. It's that's. But any uh, any like, changes just gotta that have can to, help change yeah, the culture, have to mitigate, right? Like you gotta have to mitigate. This is not surprising. Like like multiplayer games with harassment, especially to towards. Uh, Towards women uh, who dare to uh, use voice chat, uh, which is which is what I, what I've heard is that most people uh, like women don't like use voice chat in in multiplayer games because they just don't want to deal with the. I mean, it's also like also most like queer people don't use voice chat, right? Like most like that's just women, but like women and queer folks, they don't use voice chat. People of color sometimes, unless they're like you know cis males, people of color probably don't use voice chat. It's like if you go on like a on a Twitch streamer, right, and they're not like a white dude, they're mostly never doing solo cues with their voice comms on, right? Like you you always see like they're either playing in groups if they're playing like people that they know or 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 just hanging out in like a Discord room with people they they already know. And my I think about toxic game communities is that while there's not much you can do maybe on social media side without getting Twitter and Facebook involved. And Lord knows I'll never stop their money-making machines. But you as a game studio, like we have, if there's one part of moderation that uh, that machine learning models have, have the most time to build actual useful models for, it's communication, right? Like being able to detect voice, being able to filter out messages being able to just do like transcription like that exists and that's pretty cheap to do in terms of implementation and compute time right and not investing in that as a game studio i think is is a waste is it's like it's just not it just shows where your priorities lie because if you have if riot was to say implement this sort of filtering system that's on xbox live right now and tell people hey you said a shitty thing every time they say a shitty thing guess what after a while that's going to be reinforced that hey maybe i'm saying shitty things and i should stop or they're going to rage quit and stop playing the game which hey problem solved either way yeah 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 that's 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 the thing because games are not free speed zones uh, this is, I mean, this is just like, it's, I'm not surprised. Just, it's just depressing, actually. Uh, and like, sometimes like playing games with voice chat, even as a dude, it's like, you got to deal with dudes just being toxic, not just being like, uh, toxic as in like, they're not like harassing you, but they are just like, they're being shitty in voice chat, right? They're being toxic in a way that's not necessarily be going to be banned by anybody. But like, they are like being like, what's, what's another word descriptor there? Like a synonym. Like it's a, there's a lot of microaggressions, right? Like there's like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Microaggressions or like they are just being, they're setting like a bad tone. Like the way they're talking to their teammates is like a toxic environment. You know, like just a toxic, you know, like if you're like in a toxic work environment, you know what that is. Like it's like the environment is bad. Like you are setting like, 
you are reduced, like you're just making the environment worse. And that makes the gameplay side of it worse too, because, uh, these game, team based uh, shooters, it's like you are reliant on your teammates for, well, it's a team game. You, it's you, you, your team wins, right? It's a, there's no, uh, I in team as, as the saying goes, right? Uh, so like if the team is, in a bad state of mind because there's one person being toxic in the voice chat. It's like, that's not gonna, it's not gonna, that's gonna not gonna help you win. That's, that's not gonna help you win. You're gonna win in spite of that person, not because of that person. Right. So it's like, yeah, toxic toxicity is, is, is bad. Like I have three years of playing, uh, Overwatch and like I actually still rarely, uh, get into voice uh, and I only do it for competitive matches and, Sometimes I'm just like, I, I'm not even going to talk because it's like not worth it. Uh, so like, that's the, that's, that's our gamers are bad and, uh, game studios are bad segment, I guess. Um, we should wrap this up. Uh, as always, uh, you can find us on two shades of brown.com. The show notes are going to be there. Uh, you can, you can email us, uh, contact at two shades of brown, uh, .com. Um, and you can find me on, my website, saltlakesave.com. You can find me on 10forward.social, uh, packetcat at 10forward.social and also patreon.com slash packetcat. Uh, you may have heard that I have, have been laid off. So, you know, uh, help out a brother here. Uh, and just, we are now two shades of unemployed because <laughs> me and you are both unemployed. Both, yes, right we now. are both. So, just uh, <laughs> feel free to talk about your Patreon as well. So, that's where can people find um, you? Y'all can find me online at chosefind.website. You can find me still surprisingly on Mastodon at um, <laughs> chosefind at chitter.xyz. And you can find my Patreon page at patreon.com slash chosefind. Of course, if you do subscribe to my Patreon, you do get a high-quality opus encode because that's what the Linux sort is like. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you get, a, you get, you get that hot opus file um, yeah you get, you get you get the hot new dot og files um in in the finest opus ffmpeg can can give me actually it is it is vbr 64k uh kbit which actually still sounds surprisingly better than 64 kbit mp3 like it is it is like 10 megs file size increase but you get like three times the voice quality yeah uh so so check that out uh get get yourself some opus uh and with that goodbye bye <laughs>